This is the voice of revival. Our mission is to revive the world by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now let's hear the Lord's servant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's be on our feet. If you are seated. Just in one minute, you want to lift your voice and talk to God, ask God to minister to your heart this afternoon. Just talk to God. Ask for understanding into his word. Ask for the grace to run with whatever the Lord will tell you. In the name of Jesus, lift your voice and pray. Pray in the language of the Spirit. In 30 seconds, let the word of God have a free course in our lives. Let the word of God have a free expression. Let the word of God penetrate our soul. Let the word of God bring about all kinds of changes in our life. Let the word of God correct every error. Let the word of God give us a new beginning. Let the word of God turn our lives around. In the mighty name of Jesus, lift your voice and pray. Ask the Lord to touch you. Let the word of God reach the foundations of your life. In the mighty name of Jesus, Pray and declare, you will never go back the same. You will never return home the same. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will not return home the same. You will not return home the same. In the name of Jesus. I don't want to go the same way I came. Touch me with your hand, Jesus. I don't want to go the same way I came. Touch me with your hands, Jesus. I don't want to go the same way I came. Touch me with your hands, Jesus. So touch me with your hands, Jesus. Touch me with your hands, Jesus. I don't want to go 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks, we give you all the glory. We have always made appearance in your house, but we pray that today will be a difference in our lives. Today, there will be a major touch on our lives that will not just make an appearance. But everyone will see us after this service and testify that indeed we've had an encounter with you. For the Bible said that the disciples reflected the character of Christ and the people saw that they have been with Jesus. We pray that all that see us after today will acknowledge that we have met you. We have had an encounter with you. We have a relationship with you in the matchless name of Jesus. We pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord and kindly take your seats. Kindly take your seats. In Jesus' name, we want to give honor to whom honor is due and acknowledge our Father, our Papa, Reverend Robert and Pierre Coffey. Let's appreciate our Father. I thought you'd be standing because He is here with us in spirit. Hallelujah. We want to acknowledge our mother, Mama Brefi and Piakofi. Put your hands together for her in the name of Jesus. And of course, we appreciate our resident pastor, Reverend Enoch Amposa. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for him in the name of Jesus. Amen. Kindly take your seats. Kindly take your seats. And uh, God bless you. Let's, let's all take our seats. Now, um, throughout the month of February, of course, we've tagged it the month of love. And we've been looking at various subjects. We started looking at the subject of friendship, building friendship, and looking at the essence of friendship to a successful relationship and marriage and then we moved on to look at choosing a life partner choosing a life partner and we look at the guiding truth to choosing a life partner and we mentioned that choices are to be made freely nothing or nobody is supposed to cause you to choose anybody against your will Yes, you have to be guided. You have to pray. Your parents may make an input. Your pastor will make an input. Your counselors will make an input. Your mentors will make an input. But the final decision is yours to make. And we also mentioned that, you know, choices are made between two things or two people. So whatever choice you make, you have to be responsible for it. And I pray that none of you will make a choice and regret in the name of Jesus. I pray that none of you will make a choice 
and, you know, pay for it in a painful way. But I pray that the Spirit of God will guide you that when you are choosing who to marry, you will choose with the right mindset, you will choose with the right focus, you will choose knowing what is most important in making such a decision. We learned a lot of things, and today, by the grace of God, we are going to talk about one of the subjects that usually is less talked about in the church. One of the subjects that even if it's talked about, it is just brushed through. It is easy to hear a man of God preach and tell you that young people abstain from fornication, don't have sex before marriage. We've heard that from Sunday school. But today, by the grace of God, we are going to really have a detailed discussion and lesson on the subject of sex. Hallelujah. On the subject of what? Sex. And, you know, put your hands together for the Lord. Put your hands together. If you want to clap, you are free to clap. It's a subject we don't usually talk about. But there are many people in church who have sex struggles. It is not every, and, and forgive me, when it comes to st stuff like this, I don't beat around the bush. It's not in my nature to beat around the bush. It's not in my nature to polish things. It's not in my nature to tell you what you want to hear. I hope you are getting it. So I, I, I'm really going to be real with you. And not everybody in church is a virgin. I, I hope you are getting it. Yeah, not, not everybody in church is a virgin. There are some of us who had sex before we gave our life to Christ. Thank you. Thank God for the shed blood of Jesus. Thank God for delivering us. Thank God for translating us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. But there are some of us also, our sexual life is not before we gave our lives to Christ. Some of us had more sex after we gave our life to Christ than when we were in the world. I hope you are getting it. So there are different people listening to me. Some of us have committed incest before. Some of us right now, even as you are listening to me, you are really addicted to pornography. When I mentioned incest, somebody was shocked. But I have had several cases like that when it comes to incest. People having sex with family members, having sex with their fathers, having sex with their cousins, having sex with their half-brothers. I hope you are getting it. And even the Bible acknowledges that. First Corinthians chapter 5. Go there. You realize that it's not something that started with us. Such a practice was even in the, in the church, you know, in the, in the olden church. Such practices were there. People were committing incest. Now, I always, always want to say that when I say that not everybody listening to me is a virgin, it is not to condemn. One of the things that makes people sink so low in their wrongdoing is that Anytime a subject is mentioned and they fall short in that aspect, they put on a defensive character. So God is not able to reach them with his mercy. But you can go far if you acknowledge that you are wrong and you acknowledge that you need God and you acknowledge that you have to make some changes to your life, you can go far. It took the prodigal son that position for him to be restored. Restoration comes for people who acknowledge they are wrong, who acknowledge they are weak, who acknowledge they need help, not people who assume 
don't talk about sex. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about sex over here. Why should we talk about sex? And not everybody is a virgin. Does it concern you? You cannot receive grace. You are proud. And grace doesn't come to the proud. Grace comes to the humble. When you talk like that, you are a proud person. And there are people like that in the church. So today we are talking about sex. And I am going to just briefly give you some of the things the Word of God has to say about sex. Usually, I would have asked you to even define sex as if you don't know. Hello? But we'll define it when we go for get together. I want to assume that every one of you know what sex is. And when you go into the scriptures, the Bible talks about sexual sin. Sexual sin is not only fornication or the penetration of the sex organ. Okay? Because somebody's in church who says, I am a virgin, and thinks that once you are a virgin, you are okay. But there are some of you who are more perverse than people who have practically had penetration. It's in the scripture. I can show you. I don't know why you're looking at me like that. It's in the word of God. And I'm going to show you right now. Let me expose you to different types of sexual sins that the Bible that we read and believe in talks about. Number one. I'll just mention them. That's not my focus. But I'll mention a few of them. Number one is fornication. The very popular one. As if that's the only sexual sin. Fornication. And if you're able to project for me, alright? So look at this. It is reported commonly. I I love to read from the NIV or the NLT, so always don't forget that. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. Even as it's happening today. Hello? Fornication is among believers. Even though it shouldn't be so. Choristers are sleeping with choristers. Ushers are sleeping with ushers. Instrumentalists are sleeping, sleeping with lead, lead singers. Hello? Shepherds are sleeping with their sheep. I'm not anything I say in this area, you can believe me because I'm not telling you a nice story. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind. That does not occur even among pagans. Those who don't even know God, the way you are fornicating, they don't even reach your level. They don't know God. They are not born again. By your level, they are not there. (laughs) A man has his father's wife. And this is in the New Testament church, not in the Old Testament. In the Corinthian church, it is reported. So it is good to report sexual immorality. Hello? I said it is good to do what? Report sexual immorality. If you know some two people who are sleeping with each other, don't keep quiet over it. When you keep quiet, you are promoting sin. I hope you are getting it. Let's continue. You will see that if you don't report it, you are promoting sin. Because you must not condone sin. 
and you are proud. You see that? Shouldn't you rather have been filled with grief and have put out of your fellowship the man who did this? Verse 3. Even though I am not physically present, I am with you in spirit. And I have already passed judgment on the one who did this just as if I were president. For, 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 for. When you assemble in the name of our Lord Jesus, I am with you in spirit. And the power of our Lord Jesus is present. Hallelujah. So you see that fornication is reported even in the church. What other sexual sin does the Bible talk about? Homosexuality. Leviticus 18, verse 22. We'll read a few scriptures. Leviticus 18, 22. Do not lie with a man as one lies with a woman. That is detestable. So who told you that human rights? There is, there is something the Spirit of God told me and I, I noted it down. There is no human right in hell. So don't allow any human right to take you to hell. You know, is there any human right in hell? You get to hell and say, I have the right to be a gay. In fact, you have the right to enjoy fire. You have the right to do what? Enjoy fire. There's no human right in hell. Do not lie with a man as one lies with a woman. That is detestable. First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 8. First Timothy 1.8. We know that the law is good if one uses it properly. Verse 9. We also know that the law is made not for the righteous but for the lawbreakers and rebels the ungodly and sinful, the unholy and irreligious, for those who kill their fathers and mothers and for murderers, verse 10, for adulterers and perverts, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. Perverts there is talking about homosexuals. Give me another version. Give me the New Living Translation. The perverts there. The law is for people who are sexually immoral and who practice homosexuality. Hello? So, it is spoken against. When you go to Romans chapter 1, we, we, we can leave that out for the sake of time. But when you go to Romans chapter 1 and you read from verse 24 to the last verse, you see that Papa has taught us this before, if you remember for the sake of ingratitude and ungratefulness, uh, God sanctioned this people. He gave them up. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things. Okay, 24. Let's go, 24. I was enjoying it. 24. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's body. Some things are degrading. They are shameful. Hello? It is what? Shameful. For a man to kiss a man. It is shameful. For a man to have carnal knowledge with another man. 
it is shameful for women to produce artificial sex organs and say they are having sex with one another. It is degrading. It is shameful. Go to verse 25. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worship and serve the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. 26. That is why God abandoned them to their sinful desires. Even the women turn against the natural way. Say the natural way. Mm -mm. I say say the natural way. Say the natural way. Pay attention to the choice of the word of God. The natural way. There is a way about sex. For in case you think that the Bible is silent on sex. So when they talk about it, you are, you are jittering. And you prefer to listen to it 10 p.m. on Adom FM. In case you think the Bible is silent about sex. You prefer to read about it on, in magazines. You prefer to Google it. How to have sex for the very first time. How to enjoy sex. All the funny things people have written about. I am teaching you. The word of God is not silence about sex. He said there is a natural way to have sex. Ah, it's not in the Bible. Even the women turn against the natural way to have sex. Sex is good. Sex is holy. Sex is created by God. But he created it for some people. If you go for it and you don't qualify, you are a thief. And what happens to thieves will happen to you. Doesn't matter whether you are born again or not. It is not unbelievers who become pregnant when they have sex. It is not unbelievers who get HIV. You can pray in tongues. When you break the protection of God, you will also suffer the same things unbelievers suffer. So don't deceive yourself and be in church. When you finish, you go and be doing some things. What happens to unbelievers will happen to you. Anointing oil will not save you. Even the women turn against the natural way to have sex and instead indulge in sex with each other. Homosexuality. I'll come back to it. Number three, incest. Sex between people who are related in a family. Incest. I recently spoke to a lady and she said, when I was 10 years old, my half-brother had sex with me. My parents are not aware. And I said, have you confessed your sins? She said, yes. Because she wanted to be sure if she's okay. Because the parents are not aware. And I said, you have told me also. So I prayed with her. And I made her to understand that once you have accepted it is wrong and you have asked God for forgiveness, Yes, he has forgiven you. But beloved, there is something about sexual sin. In fact, sin in general. But we are talking about sexual sin. There is something about sexual sin. There are some consequences of sexual sin. You can only manage it. Even if God forgives you. Forgiveness does not abort babies. If forgiveness abort babies, nobody will go to the abortion doctor. When they realize they are pregnant, say, Father, I'm sorry for what I've done. Forgive me. Then immediately, whoosh, the pregnancy is out. But I, I, I mean, forgiveness does not abort babies. 
Forgiveness sometimes does not even take away shame. I will show you. I will show you. Even when Saul became Paul, one of the things he had to deal with was integrity. Some people still did not believe him. Even though genuinely he had encountered God on the way to Damascus, some people did not believe him and they still wanted to kill him. So, you can be forgiven. That's why some people can never do effective ministry in their own church. Because they have sex with somebody in the church. When you call them to lead prayer and they stand here and they shall we lift up our hands and pray, Father Lord, in the name of Jesus. Whilst they are standing here, somebody has seen their nakedness. So the confidence to stand is not there. Because when they stand and they are wearing their dress, then somebody that says, I have removed the dress already. The devil is a wicked devil. That's why some people, they can't, I will show you. I pray we have time. I will show you all the things I'm saying. I don't want to quote the scripture for them. God, when I quote it, I will deviate. But I will show you. One of the things you need to protect is a good name where you live. A good name where you live. A good name in your church. A good name at the workplace. A good name in the family. A place that one day you can have a recommendation. Don't joke with it. A place that one day you can have a recommendation. Don't have a bad name. There was a guy, let me tell you, let me tell you. There was a guy, I told people that if that guy, this may be harsh, but it's true. I'm like, left me alone, it will be difficult for that guy to marry. He has done too many things. Not because I don't believe God can forgive, but I really want to be sure if he's truly a genuine person. Too many things, even in church. I'm not saying this church, but I say in church. So when you have a bad name, where you are located, you are in trouble. Let me give you an example of that in scripture. Last week I quoted Acts chapter 6. I couldn't go into details. But when the apostles needed some people to take over the sharing of food so that they can give themselves to prayer and the word of God, what happened? They told the congregation themselves that you select seven. So let's say this is the congregation the apostles were dealing with. And they came and they said, I am the apostle. And I said, beloved, choose three people from the Abishai generation. Do you know what's going to happen? What is beginning to happen is this. From that moment on, whatever you know about all these people, you begin to process it in your mind. Follow me. Whatever you know about them, until the day of recommendation, you never really give, give a deep thought about the lifestyle of Sheila. But the day of recommendation, quickly, it comes to your mind that, hey, um, Sheila, yeah, I think Sheila can do the work. Because I think that Sheila has been coming on time. Yeah, I think that Sheila is very respectful. All before this time, you didn't really give it a deep thought. It is on the day of recommendation that you see the, is the importance of your lifestyle. I'm saying it is on the day of recommendation that you will really see the importance of your lifestyle. You never know how important it is what people think about you in church until the day of recommendation. Say, choose among, and, and the people themselves, they look among themselves and they choose. So they were discussing. 
if you have been following Papa very well, he has also preached a similar message like this before. They were discussing, um, what do you think about uh, Biggie? Ah, Biggie, hmm, Biggie, hmm, Biggie. But some of the people who will be discussing Biggie, they've greeted him. Biggie, how are you? Oh, Biggie, wow, that's great. Oh, Biggie, wow, oh, Biggie, wow. But the day of recommendation, they become more particular. It is like when you want to choose a life partner. Somebody can be your friend. But the day you think of getting married, you become more particular. So when you start a relationship, you realize that some of the things you didn't pay attention to, now you are, you are paying attention because you are like, this is the one I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. So before, when you were just friends, she tells you, oh, I'm not able to come to church. Or he goes like, no, because of work, I cannot, I cannot come to church and all that. But when relationship is setting in, you begin to pay attention to the fact that on pass or ever. He doesn't come, like come to church. That is how it is. Hello? Am I blessing you? Are you learning something? So the Bible talks about incest. Leviticus chapter 18 verse 6. A, a lot of such references, but I cannot, I cannot talk about all of them. Let's just read one. No one is to approach any close relative to have sexual relations. I am the Lord. Okay, go to verse 7. Verse 7. Do not dishonor your father by having sexual relations with your mother. She is your mother. Do not have relations with her. This thing have denied many people their inheritance. Genesis 35 verse 22. Genesis 35, 22. While Israel was living in that region, Reuben went and slept with his father's concubine Bilhah, and Israel heard of it. Jacob had 12 sons. There is something about, oh my God. Forgive me if I don't go according to my script. I hope you are getting it. We don't have the time. Forgive me if I don't go according to my script. There is something about sexual immorality. It breeds hatred in the heart of people. Mm. There is, you see, do you know that there is a guy there who is having sex with people? But if somebody tries that on his biological sister, he will be angry. They want to date five people, but if somebody wants to add their sister to the tray, they are angry. But they want to date five. They want to sleep with everybody. But somebody sleeps with their sister, impregnates the sister. The sister is not pregnant, cannot continue school. He is angry. Israel heard about the fact that my own son has slept with my concubine. He didn't say anything. Watch this. Follow me. Second Samuel. Chapter 13, verse 20. Follow. Her brother Absalom. Now, this happened after Ammon raped Tamar. Okay? Ammon raped Tamar. Her brother Absalom said to her, Has that Ammon, your brother, been with you? If you investigate this question very well, probably Absalom picked some signals. Go, how can you see your sister coming? very distressed, you look at her, and you are like, has Absalom been with you? Possibly, has Ammon been with you? Possibly, Absalom had an idea of the agenda of Ammon. Because Ammon did not just execute the rape plan in a day. It was a desire. He nurtured it. He sought for an advice. Somebody even showed him how to rape Tamar. 
friends, a bad friend. There are some of you here, there are some friends you have. They are your biggest problem on earth. That is why you can come to church and come to church and come to church. You will never see an improvement. Will Papa preach? Yes. Will they declare over your life? Yes. Why not the improvement? The friends you have. Can I tell young people some truth here? Enough of the hypocrisy. We cannot be coming to church and we are not seeing any changes in our life. I hope you are getting it. Yeah, no, 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 no. We can't come to church and not see any improvement. Is the anointing oil okay? Yes, it's powerful. Do we have a powerful man of God? Yes, our father is one of the most anointed men of God in this nation. Is he powerful? Yes. But when you continue to fornicate, can you fail? Yes, also. So the problem is not the man of God. Is water flowing? Yes. Do you have anything to receive? No. Is the water okay? Yes. Will you receive the water? No. Because the thing to receive is not there. So the problem is not the water. It is still flowing. But you have nothing to draw. John chapter 4. The woman told Jesus. He said, you don't have anything to draw. In other words, there is water there. But the problem is that you don't have anything to draw. You don't have anything to draw. Is there anointing in the house? Yes. Are you drawing? No. Take me back to my scripture. Take me back to my scripture. Have you been, has, has your brother been with you? Be quiet now, my sister. He is your brother. For the sake of those who are writing, listen to this. If you are a guy here, listen to me with all apology. I have handled some few cases of Christians. If you are a guy here and you have sex with a lady and you arrogantly broke up with him, you better look for him and apologize. The fact that nobody is talking does not mean you are free. There are different ways relationships break up. Some of them, the guy can just get up, send a text message. It's over between us. The lady will keep quiet. People can break up in arrogant ways as if they've never known the person before. Arrogant breakup. Arrogant breakup. In this case, Absalom said, mm -mm, don't talk about it. Just be quiet. Don't take this thing to heart. <laughs> and Tamar lived in her brother Absalom's house, a desolate woman. Every day when Tamar wakes up and Absalom sees her, he is angry. He told Tamar, don't take, talk about it. Don't even worry. But he was the one to execute vengeance. Sexual immorality does not hurt only you. It hurts other people connected to you. Oh my God, oh Shadaha. Listen to this. It will bless you. One of the ways to live a sexually pure life is to employ the weapon of reasoning. I will explain. The weapon of what? Reasoning. In other words, the Bible said, do unto others as you want it to be done unto you. So if you're a young man here, ask yourself, will I be happy if what I am doing to somebody's daughter is done to me? Somebody made a statement. It was quite harsh. But I thought into it. It pained my heart. I observed there's an element of truth therein. The person said, everybody's wife. Or he said, he said, yeah, everybody's wife. 
was somebody's girlfriend before. In other words, what you think is new, somebody once used it. It hurt me. It was harsh. But I thought through and I realized an element of truth. Because there are some of you who are kissing people who will never be your wives. There are some of you who are having sex with people who will never be your wives. What you are doing is that an honor, a glory that belongs to another, you are stealing it. Man of God, can you imagine as you are sitting here right now, somebody is having sex with your wife. How will you feel? So Joseph employed the power of reasoning. When Potiphar's wife brought herself, he said, number one, how can I do this against God? By the time Joseph was making this statement, he did some processing and reasoning. Number one, this God is the one who gave me the youngest in the family a beautiful, outstanding vision. Is this a God to dishonor? No. Number two, this God is the one who delivered me even when my own family members wanted to take my life. Is this a God to dishonor? No. Number three, this God is the God that positioned me in an honorable place, in an honorable man's house, even as a stranger in a strange land. Is this a God to dishonor? No. Number four, this God is the God who made my boss to put me in charge of everything except the wife. Except, listen to me. Pharaoh gave everything, I mean Potiphar, gave everything to the keep of Joseph. This will bless somebody. Because he was diligent, but Genesis 39.3, he was diligent, but the Bible says that the Lord was with him. Mm -mm. Watch this. Come, sir. If God is with this man, if this man is a career of the presence of God, when he walks, he walks in the presence of God. Don't you think that he's reliable enough for me to also give him my wife? But in the midst of the presence, in the midst of hard work, in the midst of everything, I entrusted everything into his hands except my wife. You touch a man's wife, you have not, nothing will save you. Ooh, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 26. Stand there, don't go yet. For the prostitute reduces you to a loaf of bread, and the adulteress preys upon your very life. 27. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his coat being burned? 28. Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? These are questions. Every question is to engage your brain. Every question is to do what? Engage your brain. Every question is to engage your brain for you to reason. So when you stand up and you are going to the guy's place and you are asking questions like, is your mother in the house? Is your father in the house? Is your sister in the house? Why are you asking? 
When you get up and you are going to the guy's place and you are conscious about your underwear, it is good to be neat. It is good to practice hygiene. But why are you conscious about your underwear? Are you going for inspection? Are you going for inspection? Can I be real with a church? Can I be real with a generation? Why? Question is, why are you, why are you, why are you conscious about your underwear? You are not going for inspection. So even though it's good to practice hygiene, you can choose to wear one underwear for, for 10 years and wear it there because nobody's supposed to see. So why are you conscious about your underwear? Why are you wearing the new one when you were going? Why that day you choose to wear a new underwear? Why? Why? The questions are meant to engage our brain. Why? Questions are meant to if Jesus used this, this, this tool a lot in his ministry. For example, you ask you, how many of you by Warren will add a cubit of height? How many of you by Warren who can extend your years on earth? What Jesus is trying is that I want you to reason. Think, think, use your brain. Think, think, use your brain. Think, think, use your brain. Think, think. I hope you are getting it. Yeah, use your brain. Can a man walk on hot coals without his, his feet being scorched? 29. Verse 29. So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one, can, no one who touches her will go unpunished. Many people think that this scripture only applies to people who are married. But what you don't know, my sister, do you know that as you are seated here, you are somebody's wife? Do you know that? Do you know that you are, you, are, you see, there are many of us who are wicked, we are, we are, we are ignorantly wicked. And in fact, oh, malo, 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 shaka. Aye. Aye. And in fact, all of us, be, before we became born again, we were actually wicked people. Do you know why we were wicked when we were, when we were not born again? We were doing things without thinking of other people. We were doing things just to please ourselves, forgetting that other people are connecting to our lives. We were just, we were, we were just maybe sleeping here and there. We were smoking anything. We didn't even know that children would be born to us who must not bury their father at 40, 44 because of kidney problem, because their father was smoking. I hope you are getting it. So we're just doing whatever comes to us. But as you are here, dear sister, you are somebody's wife. Can you imagine that on the day of your wedding, they walk you to the aisle? Sometimes even sometimes when, even when in the midst of the and then the man is standing there, you know the way we do it here. The man is standing there as if he's now coming for for the lady from the father. You are not coming for your wife. If you are the way you have slept with the girl. The girl you say you are coming from with the veil. You know the way they do it. Is that your wife? Is that your wife? No, 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 no. So you have removed veil long time. Can you imagine? Listen to this. I am talking to believers and I know what I'm talking about. I am not ignorant at all. Can you imagine that you are getting married 
And whilst we are at the altar exchanging vows, one of the guys attended the wedding, and that guy have had sex with you before. You have endangered the honor that you are supposed to give to your wife. One day when I get the opportunity, I'll take you through the Old Testament and I'll prove to you the, the essence of purity, even from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Said God doesn't joke, joke about sex at all. In the olden days, you can't marry not being a virgin. If you marry and they discover you are not a virgin, they will stone you to death. And woe unto that father who will know that you are not a virgin and will still give you out. They will kill all of you. But we live in a generation that when you are a virgin, people look at you as if you have a mental problem. We live in a generation that if you are a virgin, you don't even have the confidence to talk about it. Because those who are not virgins, they are the people who know something. A guy told me this week, he said, me, if I'm doing analysis, I don't, talk, I don't add religion to it. And he told me, he said, you know, even the virgins, they behave like they are angels. They are proud. So, you know, I, I, I know that those who are not even virgins, they make better wives. And I wanted to ask him, so are you planning to go for somebody who is not a virgin? I've explained here already last week that it doesn't mean that if you are not a virgin, you can't have a successful marriage. But it would be foolishness for you to capitalize on this to mess around, thinking that it doesn't matter. When I teach, oh my God, when I teach you about soul tire, you understand the battles of sex. But as she's standing here, she's somebody's wife. Jojo, come. Come. Now. Ah. Merci, Lord. These two people are in a relationship. Watch this. There is every possibility that they may or may not marry. Because <laughs> people have been in relationships, they never got married. How are we getting it? So there's a possibility they may or may not marry. One of the wisdom you must operate with in relationship is that Never make an investment. You cannot withdraw when there is a broken relationship. Never put anything into a relationship. You cannot, we don't have the power to withdraw when there is a breakup. Sex is one. Number two, never give anything in a relationship that will cost you dearly in case it doesn't end up in marriage. Houses. Cars, lands, joint investments. When you break a house, will you share the money? <laughs> Sometimes even when people break up, I, I, I dealt with a lady who was doing business with a guy. The way they broke up, it was fatal. Very fatal. Now, one of the things that will, got her connecting to the guy again was because of the business they were doing together. Hello? Hello? If these two people really want to marry, it is only wise that if you are going to live with this lady for the rest of your life, and you will live with him for the rest of your life, it is only wisdom to lay a good foundation for yourselves. Because whatever you do, it is the two of you 
Who will live in it? So why will you want to do something that you will later enter and be suffering? It is foolishness. It's not wise. But when you use the power of reasoning, you'll be able to do... When you, when you look at them, wow. You are so beautiful. Thank God for your eyes. Thank God for your nose. Thank God for your hips. These hips, when I finally marry you, it's all for me. I hope you are getting it. <laughs> it is all mine. But watch this. There is a way you can handle this relationship. Malusataba. That even after marriage, the hips that you are so crazy about, one month you've not touched it. This one, some married people will not tell you. Hello? This week, I handled some issue. Hey, sometimes when you see the women that their wives are cheating on them, and you are like, why, 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 why? Because you the one dealing with the case. You look at the woman, oh, beautiful, beautiful. But the foundations. Sex before marriage reduces your value. Sex before marriage reduces your value. Sex before marriage reduces your value. Hear it well. I say sex before marriage reduces your value. And there are some of you who don't have what I call recovery mechanism. Some of you don't know how to increase your value again. Because all that you had was your sex organ. You didn't have a purpose. You didn't have a dream. You don't have a focus. You don't have a strategic plan. All that you have is your sex organ. You gave it out. The guy broke up with you. You are there. Your prayer life is down. So you are not even able to organize your life again to move on and create value. So you better don't start. You better don't start. One of the people I like to talk to is people whose marriages have failed. I don't know why. Because I always want people to know that, Charlie, even, even if the marriage has failed, you have a life. But when I try to do that, for example, the lady, I, 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 oh my God. People, listen, I'm talking about Christians. This guy said, I want to divorce you. Two years, she has no work. The guy said, I'll come back. The guy was outside. He said, I'll come back for you. Three months, nothing, no show. One year, no show. Two years, no show. And now when the guy came down, he said, I heard that you are cheating on me, so I want to divorce you. They did some inquiries. It so happened that it's rather the guy who was cheating. But for two years, I said, you know what? Even though marriage may not be working the way you thought it can work, but you have a dream. There is a generation waiting for you. God did not, the initial plan of God for you on this earth is not to marry. Marriage comes after purpose is in place. You are so, you are so crazy, desperate to marry. But you're not crazy the same way to discover your purpose on earth. It's an error. Purpose before marriage. Purpose before marriage. So that even when the marriage is not there, purpose is still in place. You can shake yourself again and get up. Do you know there are some people whose marriages did not work, but today people are still running to them for advice. People are still running to them for prayer because they are able to know what matters most. They safeguarded it. They grounded it. They built themselves. They developed it. So even when their marriage did not work, somehow, they are still able to move on. But for most people, oh, it's all about marriage. Oh, baby. Ha, ha. Oh, baby. Ha, ha. Oh, baby. Ha, ha. So the day that things does not work, they don't know where to start from. It's like a single lady who is dating a married man who has spent all her money because she doesn't work to get it. And when the relationship breaks, 
she doesn't know where to start from. Listen to me. Watch this. You see, take it that this is the way of life. There's a way that seems right in the man's eye, but the end thereof. Come, let's go, sir. He has set off from circle. Maybe he's going to Wa. He has gone. He has gone. He has gone. He has got into Kumasi. He has crossed to Tamale. Now, when he reaches here, practically, it is not that easy, naturally easy, for him to return back to circle, Accra, when he realizes that he's on the wrong path. If he should realize it somewhere here at Lindador, Lindador is just about two hours away. If he realizes it here, the possibility for him to say, I am making the right choice, I'm going back, is easier. But when he reaches Tamale, it is not naturally easy. Watch this. When you make too many mistakes, you sleep with boy one, you sleep with boy two, girl one, girl two, three years, five years, eight years, ten years. Naturally, it is not easy to say you will not marry that person because you have spent ten good years of your life with this one. Naturally, it is not very, very easy. Because when you started a relationship, you were 20. By the time you are counting your loss, you are 30. Tell me it is easy. So the analysis is, where do I start from again? I'm 30 years. Who am I good for? Who will marry me? Let me continue like that. That is how many, many believers bury their greatness. They are Christians. They come to church. They collect anointing oil, but they are not a voice. Because relationship originally in the will of God is supposed to cause you to blossom. Two is better than one. When two to come together and your life is going down, there is an error. When you are single and you find somebody to marry, your life must be better. When you marry, your life must be better. But when your life is going down, there is an error. There is an error. There is an error. Keep writing, my dear sister. Our time is up. So the best thing you can do, the two of you, when you look at them, listen to me, can I be real with you? Can I be real with you? By the time you are choosing somebody to marry, aside purpose, aside purpose, aside the fear of God, aside everything, this is certainly somebody you have some form of connection with. You love to spend time together. You, want, you like to have conversations together. But when you look at her, you say, this is the child of God. This is the future I have. This is my partner for life. I will not do anything against you which I will suffer for in the future. The power of reasoning. There are many ways to live a sexually pure life, but one is the power of reasoning, the power of analysis. What is it? There are some guys, if they were to do analysis, they wouldn't have slept with some ladies. Hello? They wouldn't have tried to sleep with some ladies because what if she's pregnant? The power of analysis is one, though it is not the most powerful because sometimes people do the analysis and they go like, we will use condom. Post number two, all kinds of things have come. They're in the system. 
There are, there, are, there, are, there are contraceptives you take before you have sex so that you don't become pregnant. So even after the analysis, but you see, the power of your analysis is dependent on the level of knowledge you have. So if all that you think you are preventing is pregnancy, even after your analysis, you have sex with condom. But if you know that condom cannot prevent you from satanic influence and attacks, you will think better. So the power of your analysis is dependent on your level of knowledge and understanding. Hello? Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. Verse 10. Let's read verse 10. Verse 10. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Pity the two people who are fornicating left, right, and center. How can they help each other to live a holy life? Go back and sit down. My God. I, I, said, I, I said I was mentioning the types of sexual sin. Eh? <laughs> Mercy, Lord. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We'll continue next week by the grace of God. Ah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to be obedient to time. There's so much we didn't talk about. <laughs> Have you learned something? So much we didn't talk about. Let's be on our feet. Let, let the organist tap something for me. We just want to pray in one minute. Now listen to this. Listen carefully. These messages come in different shape and form. Okay? And there are different people who are listening, listening to me right now. Different people. And like I said, if you listen to me and you are not a virgin, it is not unto condemnation, but unto repentance. But it is good for you to understand the implications of what you do and how to come out of it. Are we getting it? Some of you, this message has come to you at such a time to prevent you from continuing in a certain way. Because this message has come to open your eye that you can be a Christian. But if you don't live your life right, you will lose just like an unbeliever. Next week, by the grace of God, I'll take you deeper. And then we'll look at the implications of sexual immorality. I'll show you from scripture. I'll show you from the New Testament. So you don't think it's an Old Testament story. Oh, those were before the law, after the law. Mm -mm. I'll show you from New Testament. Then I'll also show you by the grace of God how you can live a sexually pure life. Can I say this? There are some of you, the reason why you are not prospering is because you have you have concealed evil. The Bible says, he that conceals his sins will not prosper. There are some of you, your deliverance is in coming out to confess. If you cannot trust your pastors, you better leave the church. I repeat myself. If you cannot trust the men of God, God has given to you to talk to them about your issue, 
you are better not in this church. <laughs> if you cannot trust your shepherd, you are better not a sheep of that shepherd. Because there are some of you who must come out and ask for help from the pornography addiction, from the fornication, from that guy you have been having sex with, even though both of you go to church. Enough is enough. I would have think that in a typical lockdown, corona lockdown, everybody will have an awakening. But within the lockdown, people were still fornicating. Because I saw lockdown like a warning for the second coming of Christ. But Christians were still fornicating. Lift your two hands with me. And just open your mouth and tell, talk to God. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God to empower you to live a sexually pure life. I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be more like you. come to heal, your word has come to deliver, your word has come to rescue. We commit ourselves into your hands. You know and understand our weaknesses and struggles. You know and understand the temptations we are faced with. But Lord, we depend on you for great strength. We depend on you that you will help us to overcome every temptation in our days. We understand, Lord, for your word said, nobody that is holy will see the Lord, will see the Lord. We want to see you. We want to experience you. We want to live for you. We want to work for you. We ask, O oh God, therefore, that by the blood of your precious Son, you will purify us. Grant us the grace and the power to live a holy life, a sexually pure life. In the name of Jesus, that your power will be seen in your church that our destinies will come alive, that our purposes will shine, that we will be a living example of your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Voice of Revival. Join our live transforming youth service from 11 a.m. every Sunday at the Revival City of the Hatcho Atomic Road, Boshe Mangolane, Naman Road. Our postal address is AN12219, Accra North. Our email address is akwogrm at yahoo.com. And our website address is www.globalrevivalministries.org. For copies of this and other messages, kindly visit the Revival Store located at the church premises, Revival City, Hachu, or call 055-3070-288, or log on to our website, www.globalrevivalministries.org, to make your orders or to download video and audio messages. God richly bless you.